1: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, the opener is in three weeks and one day. I cannot wait. How good does that feel to say that?
0: Yeah, dude, it's absolutely spectacular. We're getting close to the opener at Minnesota. It's not just like, you know, starting off on a Thursday night against Marshall like we did a decade or so ago. This is a legit Big Ten opponent. It's a team that two years ago was actually good. Who knows this year? I'm inclined to think they're going to be middle of the pack out west. But not only are we getting OSU football back with fans in the stadium and a sense of normalcy, but we're getting a Big Ten game right off the bat too. So uh, I am over the moon to say the least.
1: Yeah, I love the way the season begins with a Big Ten game against a good team and then Oregon, the marquee. Non conference game the following week. All right. The crux of the show today is going to be about the offensive line. Big developments on the offensive line, literally and figuratively. It looks like the starting offensive line, they're going jumbo backs. Nicholas Petit Ferrer at left tackle, moving from right tackle now to left tackle. That means Thayer Munford moving inside to guard at left guard. Harry Miller right now running with the ones at center. Good battle there, stud said, between Miller and Luke Whipler or Wipler at uh, center, however you pronounce it. Luke Whipler, Luke Weipler, I've heard both. Good battle there, but right now, Harry Miller's the center. Paris Johnson Jr. has right guard locked down. Stud said he is just mauling people out there. And then the big development, Dewan Jones as the starting right tackle. What do you make of all of this?
0: Well, I think there are a couple things that are in play here. First of all, Thayer Munford wouldn't be willingly moving to guard like it sounds he, like he is. Uh, they talked about how Dewan was so good, they had to get him on the field. Munford wouldn't be moving to guard if I think he didn't recognize his future in the NFL is more likely to be a guard than a, as a tackle, right? He's not one of those massive six foot seven guys that have that wingspan and everything. He looks a little bit more like a guard body. So I think part of this is that. But the other side of this is Dewan Jones is an absolute monster. We've been talking about him for a year now. As a kid where it's like, man, if it ever comes together, you've got a Jonathan Ogden kind of body on him. So, you know, it seems like it definitely has come together. Remember, we were talking a month or two ago about talking about saying, maybe Jones isn't going to stick around because he's ready to play. Well, clearly, that side of the line with with Johnson and and Jones is going to be absolutely massive, to say the least. So, I I think this is going to be this is a smart business decision, I think for Munford. And I think it's a good move for OSU to get their best players on the field. And, you know, I remember a while ago, we used to really throw a lot of shade at OSU because they would move their linemen around a lot. This isn't like that. We're not being hypocrites. You know, back in the day it was, well, the center is starting at center this week and he's a tackle the next week. We're moving one of the best tackles in the country into guard to make room for another rising tackle. Right. You don't move guys out. You move them in. This is a good thing. So yeah, I am fascinated to see if this ends up being the line, you know, because you had a guy like Matt Jones who played really well last year, and uh, I guess it's interesting to see that Harry Miller hasn't locked down the starting gig. I guess Luke Whipler's uh, uh, sweat t-shirt or sorry, hooded sweatshirt game is uh, is pretty strong. It's keeping him in the competition. <laughs> I don't know, but I think right now OSU's shaping up to have a whale of an offensive line, and they're shaping up to have a ton of depth too.
1: There's a quote I really like from somebody named Bax that says, "This year could be." this year's best offensive line of all time because it feels like sometimes we say you know, like last year, we went into last year saying this could be like the best offensive line we've seen since like 94 with Corey Stringer and Orlando Pace. Maybe 2013 when he had all those guys like Corey Lindsley and Andrew Norwell and Taylor Decker, all these guys that are making millions and millions of dollars right now. Uh, Jack Muhort was on that line as well, even though he didn't get that second contract, was still a second round pick. And last year's offensive line was really good. I mean, look at Wyatt Davis was a third round pick. Josh Myers was a second round pick. Looks like he's going to start for the Packers as a rookie. But backs to steal your own quote. Could this year's line be the best this year's line ever?
0: You're right, Dave. I mean, when we're the captains of the hype train, let's just get it on tootin' here. We said this last year. This could be the <laughs> best offensive line ever. Said it again this year. It could be their best offensive line ever. The reality is this is certainly their biggest offensive line ever. I mean, Mumford's the smallest guy and he's six foot four. So, you know, they've got they've got some size on the line here. But yeah, this line shapes up in many respects to be an absolute just machine in the trenches. This is, there's so much talent at Ohio state. And if you haven't been like around for like a decade on Bucknuts here to see what it used to be like with offensive linemen at Ohio state in the battled Bowman days. And even early on in the urban era, like we were lucky we had some guys that urban was able to, to plug in that were really, really good, but the depth wasn't there. We've got a two deep, and I don't remember the last time OSU could run out of two deep consistently like they have the last couple of years here. So, you know, this is one of those lessons learned about recruiting is when you have just such a sheer volume of talent, you got a guy like Ryan Jacoby who's going to go somewhere and be a good player in the transfer portal recently from the o lineman because he's just not getting on the field. He's barely in two deep. If, if, if I don't think he was even in the two deep. And that's one of the reasons he decided he had to bounce is to get playing time, right? That's a kid who would have been a three- or four-year starter in Tressel era. So it's it's a night-and-day situation with the offensive lineman, and that's not a knock on Jim Tressel, but that was always his Achilles heel, right? Ohio State's offensive line talent and depth right now is unparalleled in the history of the program. I will go far as to say that without hype or without any sort of uh, overstating the situation. Whether the starters this year are better than the Pace-Stringer line everybody talks about or – you know, the brew crew or or, or, the, or the the big line that you mentioned in 2013 or last year or whatever, I don't know. But this is the deepest Ohio State's offensive line room has ever been. And I don't really think that's much of a debate.
1: So what do you make of Greg Stodrawa? Where does this leave him? He's taken some heat from fans, I think, when you look at it. I mean, he's landed some big-time recruits, and also he's landed some guys that are three-star recruits like Dewan Jones. He's now developed into starters Things are looking pretty good for stud. Yeah, I don't get the stud hate. It's kind of like when people, they they always have to have somebody to catch
0: about, right? Like, Alford was the bum for a while until, you know, hi, Trevion Henderson and Evan Pryor later. Never mind, right? Uh, There's always, you always got to pick which coach is the one who's underachieving the most. And, you know, since Urban's best man left, we haven't had a blatantly, like, coach that didn't have any business being there. So, I think stud's the one that people latch on to. They looked at that class a couple years ago that had a couple – low-end three-star guys from Ohio, you know, the trailer ruse of the world that people were worried about, thinking, oh gosh, is this an Ed Warner redux where he doesn't want to go out and recruit? I At the end of the day, I think Stud's doing a perfectly good job. Uh, Obviously, the talent's there, and I think there's a lot of rap about, oh, you know, they they, they didn't land player X or player Y, uh, but at the end of the day, they're still bringing in an unbelievable amount of talent. The depth on OSU's O-line is excellent, and the performances we've seen have been very good under Stud. So, I, I understand that there's some things people would like to see better, but we're, we're talking about, you know, being at the top of the mountain here in terms of program performance. So if somebody's only an eight out of 10 and you got all these other 10 out of 10s, just bombing it out there. I mean, they're, they're, they're just, they're just absolutely nuclear on the recruiting trail in terms of the results in the field. When I mean, you have somebody who's darn good, but not an absolute like, you know, candlelighter, like the rest of these guys, then I think it's an easy way to pick on him, you know. And then you watch, it's gonna be all Matt Barnes is unproven next. It bounces between coaches when you don't have a blatant um issue right now, you know? And and I think that's what we're looking at here. Stud's doing a good job. And again, this like I said, this was without a question, this is the deepest Ohio State offensive line room. Stud's a big reason for that. So I'm not on board with the stud hate, not one bit.
1: Yeah, and the DeWan Jones development. I didn't see this coming. I mean, Matt Jones played really well last year and, um, you know, and stud said, I mean, his second team offensive line would be you know starters in most places and he's not BSing. And for the listeners out there, the second team offensive line, Enoch Vamahi at left tackle, Matt Jones at left guard, who played really well for the Buckeyes last year, Luke Whipler at center, Donovan Jackson, true freshman at right guard, and then Josh Fryer at right tackle. And that's a fantastic second team offensive line. Um, but DeJuan Jones, I, I just figured Matt Jones would be a starter and Dewan Jones would kind of be that swing man. I mean, it's just it, – it really is – I mean, no pun intended. It's a massive story.
0: And that's the other thing is, is that, you know, people want to knock on stud. I mean, it, you know, look at the development we've seen from guys who weren't heralded recruits on that, that line over the years. I mean, Thayer Munford was not a big-time recruit. He was the last guy in the class kind of kid. And under stud, he's developed into an excellent player. Dewan Jones is one of those guys where – the frame is turning into results. And the reality is Dewan Jones has like road grader, like insane ability potential. I mentioned Jonathan Ogden earlier, because he's huge like Dewan Jones, right? That six foot nine kind of guy. I mean, those are hard to find at that size that can get down into their stance and really be able to control. And it sounds like DeWan Jones is just so good. They have to have him on the field. And, I tell you what, like our our second team offensive line is really, really good. You have so much depth that, you know, in a 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever game season it is, you're going to invariably run into injuries in such a physical position. And I remember in past years we were crossing our fingers, you know, remember poor Jim Cordell. He was like, one day he was the center. The next day he was the tackle. The next week he was the guard. Then he went back to guard and then he went back to tackle and back to center. Jim Cordell played all five positions. I think in the span of two months, one year, that's never going to happen in a place like Ohio state today, where they have all these kids that can come in and play. I mean, and this is, and by the way, this isn't just this year. I mean, remember Josh Alibi who barely played. I mean, he was awesome. He was a good player every time he got on the field. So like your backups are good players right now, Ohio state's offensive line is going to be very good this year. And I tell you what, that's, you know, usually the first thing you ask about when you're breaking in a new quarterback is how's the, how's he get it, how's his protection going to be, or is he going to run for his life? Ohio State's quarterbacks are going to be given a very positive experience this year in terms of how much time they have to throw, and not just the starter.
1: Last thing, we'll get you out of here. Uh, just give you the floor on this. The crux of the show has been the offensive line, and rightfully so, those big guys deserve a, a show that's pretty much all about them. Let's move on from the old lineman for a second. What has caught your eye the most in camp other than the offensive lineman backs? Ooh, that's a good one.
0: Well, I think the thing in camp that's caught my eye the most is the absolute uh, dearth of knowledge about the linebacker position. We keep talking about probably seven or eight guys at this point. And to me, it doesn't seem like there's really been anything that stands out as so-and-so is locking down a position, right? Uh, you know, y- you'd hope to start seeing that among the the linebackers right now, and that was the spot over the summer that, like, I think we all kind of came around out of the spring thinking, hmm. You know, most of us would have anticipated the secondary being a bigger concern, but I'm not like we're we're hearing that the linebackers are quote good; they're doing fine. Nobody's grabbing jobs like there's no like look at him; he's taking over that role. You know, there's no breakout guy, and to me, that's the biggest question mark on this season and Uh, that's kind of sitting me here making me go, hmm, because we could talk about the splash stuff, right? We could talk about how, you know, JSN is just as good as the top two receivers and the guys behind him are right there. We could talk about the fact that Mayan Williams has been getting the first carries uh, at running back and odds are he's going to be one of the starters. But frankly, I think Master Teague is going to fall down that depth chart. We could talk about the defensive line and how good it's going to be yet again. We could talk about some of these younger defensive backs that are looking really good that we're hearing a lot of nice things about. I'm really excited about Ryan Watts, personally. But what we're not hearing is about the linebackers enough in my book. Uh, What about you, Dave? To me, the linebackers stand out like a sore thumb just by sort of omission when they're talking about X and Y and Z and how they're ranting and raving about how some players really coming on.
1: That's my biggest concern by far is the linebackers. And, you know, there's talent there. They've got some decent depth. But, you know, you look at some of the other positions, it's like, they're just overflowing with talent and depth linebackers. It's like if you squint hard enough, you can be like, okay, I could see them having a good year. That's my major concern for sure. Backs.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it just seems like it's kind of being glossed over with all the other shiny objects. Right. And until we start getting some tangible answers, like you said, the squinting things are really good comparison. I I hope PG is going to be the answer here. You know, I'd love a USC transfer to show up as a former five-star and fix things. I'd love Dallas Gantt or Taraji Mitchell or all these other guys to have a year, right? I mean, but, like, I'm not convinced you're not going to see one of the younger guys, like Simon or a Carrico, pick up a role. And the reality is it seems like we have a lot of guys who are going to be okay. But if you want to win a championship, a national championship, you want to beat, you know, DJ Angalele and and Clemson and and Alabama and the, the schools that we're here to beat. You're going to need those linebackers to play at a high level. There's no star linebacker, right? We could look at the other position groups, and I could point out one, two, three, four, five guys that are star level players. I mean, we just talked about the offensive line. How much time does the, how many how much time do the big guys get? We just had a whole show about the offensive line, right? There are multiple star level linemen. There are there are multiple star level receivers. We are we're not even sure. Which of our five-star quarterbacks is going to start? And I have a couple guys there that I think would be able to perform at a star level. Our running backs have a ton of guys. Our D-line is overflowing with riches, right? I mean, our second team D-line is going to be amazing. And even in the secondary where people were worried, I, I, like I said earlier, I love Ryan Watson. I think Seven Banks can going to have a much better year. Uh, Lathan Ransom stands out to me. I think Josh Proctor is only going to get better. I mean, we can talk about all these guys and Go, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, even Cam Brown, like if he's really recovered from his Achilles, it'd be great. These linebackers, we don't know. And for all of the guff that got thrown at Tough Borland and Baron Browning, at least knew what you were getting, right? And by the way, Pete Werner is a guy that we're going to sorely miss if people don't step up. So I, I, I genuinely am concerned about the linebacker position. And that's one question that – you know, we're not going to – this isn't the NFL where we get to watch preseason games, so – Unless people start grabbing these jobs, it may be a rotating cast of characters at linebacker, and that's a concern.
1: What well, is not a concern is the knowledge of Matt Baxendale. He is the people's champ. Great stuff out of Bax. You can catch us call on every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning to the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Look the that Buckeye swag, besting band in the land. <laughs>